When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to now um, sort of set off on a new direction. Play football and create an environment that uh, embodies the values and traditions of this fantastic football club. Bentancourt! Through for Pedro Toro. And he smashed it in! And Kurosevsky rolls it in! Van Davis! Son goes on and scores! Richarlison! And it's ended up in the back of the net! Here is Lacelso freshly introduced and scoring! Now skipped! Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We do hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us as we are back for our second show of the week as we build up for Everton, of course, to come in the Premier League on Saturday. A huge, huge game for Tottenham Hotspur as we enter a busy, busy Christmas period. I'm joined by our instructor, conductor, the runner, Mr Lee McQueen, is back on the show as he's returning Jamie Brown over at the Daily Hotspur and Christina Zandes, who make up our panel on this edition of Last Word on Spurs. Everyone likes a beer, and if you don't, there's a good chance you'll know someone who does. Beer Passport features 70 unique tap rooms around London, where you can get an exclusive offer at each one you visit, like buy one, get one free. 50% off a flight of beer or even a free pint, you'll be drinking the freshest beers directly from the source, and you'll get a stamp at each tap room you visit, just like your own passport. If you're partial to a pre-match pint, Beer Passport has several local brewery tap rooms near the ground, including Beavertown, Aura and Redemption Breweries. There are also five tap rooms on the Black Horse Beer Mile, which is one tube stop away, which can make for a great pre-match tap room crawl. Beer Passport is perfect for those looking to find somewhere to drink before the game, and for those who like to get out and about, and even for a drink on non-match days, and even away days. So please head to www.beerpassport.co.uk and use the code LWSBEER for 20% off a passport. That's LWSBEER for 20% off a passport. Right, Jay, I am going to start with you on this last word on Spurs. B 
been a while since you've been on. So look, Forest feels like a long time ago now, but Spurs did make it back-to-back -back wins after, of course, the disappointment of West Ham at the start of the month with a solid 2-0 victory against Nottingham Forest. It wasn't pretty. It was very much a grounded-out victory. Goals from Richie and Dickey, either side of the half, ensured the three points. But the discipline of Tottenham once again rose its head, and we'll be coming on to that during this show. Ibasuma sent off for a straight red card, and Destiny Adogi also receiving a booking, which means he also misses the Everton game this weekend. Jay, how do you reflect now on that victory against Forest and where that leaves Spurs in this Ange Postacoglu project? They've just sacked their manager and brought in Nuno Espirito Santo. So kind of we know the situation there and I, I think we should, rightfully should have gone there and got three points. But look, we did it, did it in a good manner, I think, to go there and get a clean sheet. I think in the past, Spurs teams might have gone there and kind of crumbled under the atmosphere a little bit. I think that that's a big factor for Nottingham Forest, kind of playing at the, the city ground with, you know, under the lights. Um, I think the, the crowd always get behind them. So those are games where they can be tricky. So to come away with, with a winter nil, I thought was really impressive. Defensively, just kind of really, really pleased with, with the direction we're going at the moment. And obviously the fact that we're looking to add to that, so that's really promising. But yeah, I think that's something that we really struggled with last season, just defensively. I think our record was was shocking. We were conceded one of the most in, in the Premier League. So really improved as much as we have to get that clean sheet. That was the most important thing for me. Quite easy, could have tripped up in that one, despite kind of their form. So uh, yeah, very, very pleased with, with that victory. I agree with you, Jay. Look, one of those games where really on paper, given the fact, of course, on the back of that defeat, it has seen, of course, the departure of uh, Steve Cooper as Forest manager and back... Back, back, back in the Premier League is, of course, one of our favourite all-time legendary managers in Nuno Espirito Santo, who, of course, I'm sure is going to make Forrest really, really proud. I think it's fair to say there has been a mixed reaction to his appointment there at the city ground. Chris bringing you in. Like I say, it feels like game was far, far away now, but that leaves Tottenham fifth in the Premier League table at the moment with 33 points from 17 matches. We're a point behind defending champions and fourth-place Man City and six points behind leaders Arsenal. And I think also when you take into account for Tottenham, that victory means Spurs have now had actually three more points than they had at this stage last season. So it just tells you the start Spurs have had. What is your summary, Chris, of where Spurs are at the moment on the back of that victory against Forest? That Nottingham Forest game, even though some people say it was ugly, you know, it wasn't a great game of football, some, some people were saying. But uh, do you know what? We got the job done. We got a clean sheet out of it. I'm more than happy. That's that's all that matters. We've had so many knockdowns this month. I, I said it from the start, you know, it was going to be a really tricky one, December, with all of these injuries. Now all these bloody red cards as well. We're still fighting that's what I love to see with this team. We're still fighting for it. We're not giving up. We're still going for it. I'm not even bothering to look at the table at the moment now. I just want to see wins. That's all I want to see right now. And good football. I think we really just need to start to appreciate with, you know, the circumstances at the moment. We're still going for it. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm a bit worried for Saturday. But obviously, we're going to come to that later on. But to me, I have a lot of faith in Ange. I can't... I've expressed this so many times on here but the thing is as well like with Tottenham at the moment we are creating a lot of chances at the moment as well but I feel like we need to actually be taking those chances as well yeah, which I think cool. is what is slowing us down sometimes even though when we come back and we actually win a game I still feel a bit like we should have scored more we should have done more for that game even if we did win it but yeah I think 
Saturday we'll see it'll be another another big test for us one of the key things guys that has come to light in the last couple of weeks is the fact that do Spurs have some form of a disciplinary issue now look obviously on the back of that Forest game in total four players got booked Eve Basuma was shown a straight red obviously Destiny Dougie also picked up a booking as well Pat Matasar is one yellow card away from a ban Ange was asked the question in his post-match press conference on the back of Forest: is there a disciplinary issue when he said well look it's an issue, but it's not so much about discipline. Like I say, if you've seen a slowed down version of the tackle, it's a desperate lunge, but nothing more than that in terms of malicious. The guys are having to adapt to learn to play our football without crossing a line. But I love the commitment we showed during the game. Unfortunately, it's a prize that we paid because it isn't just this game. Obviously, you're pursuing me. This is a big chunk of football, but it is what it is. Chris, I'll start with you on this subject. Do you feel there is a lack of discipline amongst the Spurs players? And... Is it a case where they're trying to adapt to a brand new style of football which is leading to this? Or is anything more sinister here that we should be concerned about? Given the fact, look, we're coming into the Christmas period. Spurs have already had four red cards, joint most of Liverpool. I think that's a record in terms of where Spurs are at the moment, at this stage of the season, to have four reds. I don't think we've ever seen that in the Premier League era. I actually do think this is to do with our system because we're not used to this. There's so much open play and I feel like they haven't got a choice. That's just how they're they're coming up as aggressive. And I think it is all to do with the system. I generally do think that with some signings in future, this is what's going to help. Hopefully the players will start to adjust to this a lot better as well. When Wenger first came in, Arsenal had a discipline issue. I think even when Mikel Arteta came in, they also had a, a disciplinary issue. And I think it's maybe players adapting to the style of football. I do, I do generally think it is that more than, than anything else. I mean, other than maybe you could argue Romero, and I'm sure everyone will. Um, no, no one's really going in with intent to do someone, uh, maybe other than Romero. Um, but, you know, like the Basuma one against Forrest is an example. I don't think he was going in there to do him. I think he, he was just... He lost the ball. And I think what he was doing is he made a mistake against City, which cost us a goal by kind of trying to get out of a tight situation. And, and, and there was a loose ball and he there was a loose ball against Forrest and he tried to get get rectify that mistake. And what he ended up doing was was kind of lunging in. I think with Destiny Adogi, um, you know, he's my boy. I absolutely love Destiny. Um, but, you know, again, that, that totting up process. I think if you analyse his red card or two yellows to make his red against Chelsea, again, it was it was out of position, like making a, a bit of a mistake and then being closed down quickly. So I do think it's a style of play. I think with um, Matasar as well, it's probably the same thing. There's They seem to be kind of lunges, you know? Do you know what I mean? Like the yellow cards are lunges because well, like, they've, they've, they've had a, a bad touch. The ball's got away from them. They're trying to get it back. So I, I don't. I think it needs to be curbed for sure. I don't think. I don't think Ange is going out saying let's go be overly aggressive. I think. Um, I, I think it's there's there's isolated incidents. I'm I'm probably missing some. I'm sure the viewers and listeners will let me know. But I think that there's there hasn't been scenarios where we're going in for hard hard crunching challenges all the time. Do you know what I mean? Other than maybe R- R- Romero does go in quite aggressive as we know, but. Again, you take that out of his game, you, you take you take quite a lot out of his game. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think I made I made this comment a few few shows ago actually about the red cards, uh, specifically around Romero. You know, there was uh, there was a time and a period where Wayne Mooney was was getting red cards, and you know, everyone was having the same conversation. Oh, if you take that out of his game, you know, is he going to be the same player? 
I mean, Wayne Rooney got, I, I was there in the stadium. He got, he got sent off red card in the quarterfinal of the World Cup in Germany in 2006. I was in the stadium watching it happen. So, you know, it was in his game for a long period of time. Um, so I just think that there's 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 some sort of allowances. I mean, I don't think it, well, you can argue, of course you can debate with me, but I think since Romero's come back into the side, yellow cards aside, red cards aside or whatever, I mean, we look a different team at the back, don't we? we you know, we look yeah. like a different team completely. So he, go, he does give you something. The argument would be, can you afford him to be having four, five games off because of his, his discipline? No, you can't. And coming back to Basuma, it's unacceptable to have seven games off with suspension. Quite frankly, or eight games off with, with the yellow cards as well. So he does have to sort that out. But I think that's a, again, I think that's a technical issue rather than a kind of I'm going to do you issue. So discipline, yes, but not kind of with the mentality of we're aggressive. You know, Jay, bringing you in. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, it does. It really, really does. Jay bringing you in. As I said, joint most red cards with Liverpool in the league. Um, obviously, that's four and 17 matches so far. Albeit, of course, you know, two coming in that one game against Chelsea. We also have the third most amount of yellow cards in the league, 46. Only Chelsea, Sheffield United have more with 49. Jay, where does the land of the lie sit with you in terms of this disciplinary yeah. issue? No, I, I think Lee's right as well with it being in Romero's game. And another example might have been Deli Ali. I remember having this conversation a lot where, you know, people talked about Deli Ali having that edge and, and did you need to kind of take it away from him. And so... Uh, I think that's what made him a good player. He was just so fired up, and and a lot of the stuff that he did was was so much better because he had that fire in him. But uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a concern for me with Christian Romero. I have expressed that on uh, Twitter several times. I think and uh, got a lot of heat for it. But look, I I think it is a concern. I think you know that Chelsea game where we kind of almost lost our heads. We were in so, it was so frustrating because we were in so much control of that Chelsea game for the first 15 minutes and obviously nearly were two new ahead, like millimetres that we kind of weren't, weren't two nil ahead in that game. Obviously that offside, for I think it was Sunny for Sunny second goal. And then obviously it was just to kind of, we, we imploded, you know, Romero kicked out, the doji kind of dived in and, and those two both eventually got sent off later in the match. So there is a bit of a concern from that, but I think, I think there is, I think you guys are right. And, and, and in the chat, I'm seeing it a lot as well, where people are saying it's, it is about the system and maybe the players getting used to it. I mean, it's such crazy football. I mean, we saw, you know, again, the Chelsea game where, you know, you're playing in the halfway line, even with nine men. Obviously, we, we've seen multiple times where it's, it's it's all very new football to them. And, uh, you know, there's going to be leave, leave, leaving lots of spaces. Obviously, players aren't always going to be in the right positions. They're going to be left to kind of, you know, one v ones, and and maybe they might make some rash decisions at times whilst they're still getting used to it. But yeah, I, I think as much as I can kind of defend them a little bit, there is a bit of concern with with Basuma and Romero just because obviously we have seen them do it a number of times this season. And yeah, there is a little bit of disappointment, but we'll, we'll have to see. You know, in a, in a couple of months, if it's still an issue, then then it is a real concern. But as I said, I think the system and getting used to that new system and and the positioning. Um, I, I think that that's kind of what I will caveat, uh, caveat it with at the moment. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not a long-term issue. We hope so. Look, I think the thing is on here, we don't know about our proportion, but when you're losing such key players as such a vital part of the season and you look at our injury list, which doesn't seem to be shrinking, you know, and you have to think about the fact that Mickey van der Ven, of course, has been such a vital player to Spurs in terms of the way Spurs want to build up from the back and then you lose the creative instinct of James Madison. Coupled with the fact that you have these suspensions, I think that is the real, real difficulty when you're trying to 
trying to see Spurs to move forward. And I think you have to commend Ange, I think, for the injuries that we've had, the suspensions that we've had, to continue to find a way through difficult periods and face adversity. I think 100% will be better for it. And I think, again, I made the point that when you see other teams playing, I think there is now this feeling around Spurs that we are, if not the, one of the most entertaining teams to watch in the Premier League. And when you consider the fact that's without some of the key players that we've got, there's a real genuine excitement, I think, to see Madison and Van der Ven back in a Spurs shirt. Because for me, it completely transforms the way Spurs want to play, want to be under range. And look, I think that's the excitement. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology, enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And as we approach, of course, what many look forward to, many look forward to, is the January transfer window. Spurs, as we understand, from Fabrizio Romano, that's we'll... why Jamie B's back in the mixer, <laughs> one of our own. The transfer window's coming up. You love it, Jamie B. You couldn't make this up. This wasn't deliberate, of course. Jamie's back and we've had some transfer news on the day. Spurs, we understand, according to Fabrizio, will 100% sign a new centre-back in January. I've now opened talks to sign Jean-Claire Todibo. Let's see if I've got that one right. We'll find out. He is high on Tottenham's list. He's one of the priorities. It's not an easy deal with Nice to get done. But talks are starting in the last seven days. Spurs have also spoken to the players' camp, along with representatives of Nice. Spurs want to be fast and not spend a whole month on the deal. They are honestly words to our ears there from Fabrizio Romano. But from statistic-wise and kind of listening to people that do know about him, he sounds pretty much perfect for, for Tottenham. Um, you know, very much a similar kind of character to Mickey van der Ven, where he's got that recovery pace to get back, which of course is important when we see Angie's high line. So I think that's a big factor um, as well. His ball distribution and his ability to carry the ball forwards 
really good as well. But this is an elite level centre-back. And I think this is a guy who would be coming in and who would be on the same level as Christian Romero and Mickey van der Ven. And I, I, I said earlier in the show, I think this would be a really positive sign, a really positive uh, step in the right direction for Spurs because there's been so many times where we've been on the cusp of something really special, but we've just not had enough players in our squad to get over the line. And I think to add a player when you've already got Van der Ven and you've already got Christian Romero in those positions, to add a player like Tadebo, I think would would be a real sign of intent from Spurs. And you know, I'd I, be a really really good signing. And as I said, we just we need that squad depth and to have that quality because how many times have we we signed players that are you know a, a Dan Juma, for example. I mean, obviously no disrespect to him, but. You know, he was a guy that never really got used, but this is going to be a guy who I think is clearly wanted by Ange. And I think whoever is doing our recruitment at the moment, I think we all kind of know who that guy is, Paratici behind the scenes. It's been ridiculous because, and and even Ange, I think, deserves a bit of credit because he, I think he's definitely got playing a part in this as well. His, His talent ID as well seems to be really impressive. Um, I, I think obviously Paratici, whether or not he is involved, and obviously he is getting a lot of credit, probably rightfully so. And even the guys he did sign for, for our previous managers have been so impressive. But the recruitment at the moment at the club is is just I can't believe it because for the last five, you know, last ten years or so, it's been shocking. And uh, at the moment, it just continuing to go, you know, from strength to strength. Um, I think as well, I have seen it mentioned in the comments by by a couple of other people, but obviously. Uh, Jim Ratcliffe, who looks like he's going to buy a part of Manchester United. He, of course, owns Nice at the moment. So, you know, and with Manchester United kind of wanting to sign him as well, that's where maybe that could make the deal really difficult to do. But look, we're obviously already, you know, already spoken to the player from from what we've heard. Um, so that's a positive sign. And the fact we're now in negotiation, you know, we're talking to Nice about a deal suggests that we've obviously got positive indications from the player. So, yeah, I, I think this would be a really special signing for a Spurs, one that Spurs fans definitely should be excited about. And as I said, just really nice that we're adding some some depth in, in the defence as well. And and then you look at our options, I, I think I was, I was mentioning it on on, on last one, Spurs, the, the, our group. It's just, you know, all of a sudden our depth just looks really strong there in centre-back. And obviously, kind of even a year, a year 18 months ago, it was looking like a real area of weakness. But if we were to add a player like Toliba, I think with Spurs... Yeah, we we are we're in a really really nice place. We would be. Maka, bring you in. Look, first and foremost, he's understood to be a very good defender. Number of attributes. That one that's really key is turning from defence into attack due to his carrying and passing ability. This is the one question I've asked you down the years when it comes to forwards. How do you keep Lee potentially free top centre backs happy? Because I think under Andy's system, it looks only likely two of them will play. Do I need to get out of my mind and just think, look, players will want to come because they want to play for Ange, as Chris said, and that shouldn't be the worry. The fact is trying to bring in that quality so you have got enough. I think the big thing mentioned across the summer was could Spurs sign both Tapsoba and Mickey van der Ven? Of course, they got Mickey van der Ven over the line. But, you know, maybe you have to take into account, yeah. given the fact Romero, you look at his, I think you look at his suspension so far this season, there's no guarantee uh, you're going to have Romero 38 games a season. So uh, exactly. I, think, I, think, I think that's the easy sell. I mean, the easy sell to um, uh, to, to this guy, I'm getting confused now, Taps over you. What's his name? Tolibo. 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 With Tolibo, right? The fellow with it's an easy sell. Like, just get Andrew to phone him up and say, look, Mickey van der Ben's just been out for three months. 
you'd have played all these games. And actually, if we'd have done, if the club had done what we wanted them to do in the summer and brought in a taps over and or, you know, maybe this guy, they'd have been playing, wouldn't they? They'd have been playing the whole time. So like, just like Ben Davis has been doing. And by the way, Rick, you talk about three top centre-backs being happy, you've got to keep four because Ben Davis is a top centre-back now. You know what I mean? Look, I mean, look. All jokes aside, I think uh, I think he he does tick all the boxes. Um, he's just broken into the France side. Uh, I think in September 2023, so he's uh, only a couple of months ago. I think he's made two appearances. He's had 17 yellow cards in his career, um, in 117 appearances for Nice, and three red cards, uh, two yellows as well, uh, making obviously a red. So actually, four red cards in total. Um, so you know, again, I think that's probably. The, the, the fact that he's learning the game, but you know we, we're going to have Romero in there, we're going to have a Todd uh, Todd in there. That's kind of like the red card scenario. Doesn't score a lot. He's had one assist, two goals, but you know he's a centre back, wanting to keep it out of the back in there. But he is aggressive. He is pacey. He's a big guy, one point nine meters or six foot two. You know, lean, fast, wrong. And one of the things I know we're going to talk about the Everton preview eventually on the Everton preview show. I know we get to talk about it. It's coming, it's coming one of the things that I know, I know, it's a joke, mate. But one of the things we're oh, right. really missing, really missing, even with Romero, I mean, I'm taller, I'm bigger than Romero. Me and Pat at the back, well, me and Patrick, mate, at the back, we're, 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 we're juggernauts, mate. And I think, you know, the reality is, uh, Patrick Tyrant, one of our own, uh, but I think the reality is, you know, when when we've lost the Mickey van der Ven um, and some players at the back, we're, we're quite light there. We're quite short at the back. Um, and I think that's going to hurt us against Everton, by the way, because they are they are giants. Sean Dice, classic building giants. We'll get onto that later. So I think he ticks them boxes. He's fast. He's um, he's, he's he's the right age, twenty three from a profile. Just um, coming to the into the front France national team. I don't know who's going to keep out there, by the way. I don't know if Jamie, if you know that, or, or Christina, Ricky, you know that because the Saliba's obviously playing for the France team. The fellow yeah. that. Chelsea were chasing phrases and went to Barcelona. He plays centre back, didn't he? Um, as a, as for, for France as well. So I don't yeah. know who he's start to keep out there. But again, very similar to Mickey Van der Ven. He's just broken into the Dutch squad, right? Yeah. So really, really good. And uh, but I do agree with all the comments and Jamie that, that you raised that Radcliffe um, is, is going to have a big say in where he goes, in my opinion, because he owns he owns he owns Nice. Uh, Ineos has got. You know, plaster all over the, the picture you just put up as well. Um, but I do agree with Christina. I think that Tottenham, you know, I don't want to be arrogant here because how can we be? We haven't won anything for 16, 15, 16 years. Um, but I think Tottenham at the moment are a better project than Manchester United because I think they're all over the gap. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll have to see. But, you know, there's no smoke without fire and there's some really strong reports that we're having good conversations with him. So, now, if he's 35, what is he, 35 million? Sank around that figure? Again, around that valuation. Yeah. It'd be a fantastic signing for us. But I've got to say, and I don't know if you're going to go on to him or not, but I've got to say, uh, Adrian, a friend of the show, obviously one of the regulars, just put it up there as well, that it's unlikely that we sign Tops in because of the semi-final now, the, the Carlin Cup, it's Carlin Cup, Carabao Cup. Cup. In. Yeah, the Carabao Cup. Uh, excuse me, Carlin. But... Um, <laughs> But I, I fancy Tosin as well. I fancied him in the summer. I think he'd be a brilliant signing for us. Again, last six months of his contract um, with, with Fulham, heavily linked with us in the summer, heavily linked with Monaco as well. Big, strapping uh, um, centre-back. Uh, scored the other day in open players or scored the penalty, the winner, uh, to, to take them through the other, the other night as well, um, coming back from long, longer-term injury. So 
I'd quite fancy Tosin as well, and he would represent huge value. I think he'd only be about 12, 13, 15 million, something like that, because of his contract scenario. And a key thing for me on that scenario, not that we need it, because Van der Ven has just clearly proved that it doesn't make no difference, is that he's got some Premier League experience as well in the capital. So um, I think he, he could be a very good um, option if we can't get to... Um, to, to, to What's his name? Todobo. <laughs> Todabo, that's the geezer. Todabo over the line. Do you know what I mean? I think I think that's a sensible way of looking at it. And I'm, I'm not worried about the prices anymore. I'm not. I'm not generally worried about the prices. I think if if anybody comes at me and says we go for the cheap option, just go and have a look at Vicario. Just and then that's it. End of line. Full stop at the end. Capital letter finito. So it doesn't matter about the price. It's about the man that is running the show behind the scenes, as Jamie said, which is a strategy. <laughs> but one of the things that we have done as well is that we've obviously got this list of players and we just seem to be working our way down them. And so obviously we'll have, a, a you know, obviously the top target. If we can't get him, yeah. you know, we'll quickly move on to the next one. Obviously, we did that with, with Vicara. Obviously, Rea was seemed to be the top target. He was obviously unattainable. Or we didn't kind of, looked at his valuation and saw it was not worth it. And obviously we've been proven right with that, um, you know, and then obviously gone for Vicario. So that's the way that we operate at the moment. And uh, yeah, so I think whoever we get, I'm, I'm pretty confident because, you know, the recruitment at the moment, as I said, it's been fantastic. Jay, what represents for you a successful window for Tottenham? Well, I, th I think central defence is, is, I think rightfully so, is the area I'd like to see us strengthen in. Um, central midfield as well, I think is an area I'd like to, to see us improve in. Um, again, another player that we have discussed, Conor Gallagher, I think he would be perfect for, for yeah. Spurs. I think that he is a fantastic player and under range, I think would be even better. Um, I think at the moment, you know, he is putting some good performances in for Chelsea, but I think even under, if he was to come and work under a, player, a manager like Ange, I think he'd be even better. So that would be perfect as well. And, you know, we're going to lose Basuma, Pat Matesar as well uh, to AFCON. I'm yep. sure the likes of Hoybier are probably going to depart as well. So midfield's definitely an area to strengthen in. And uh, I mean, I would like the forward line to be strengthened as well. I do have some concerns, obviously, with Kulisevsky being moved into a more central position as well. Um, I think a forward maybe is needed, but it's going to be tricky to see, you know, a, a top central defender signed, you know, a, a, a likes of a Conor Gallagher brought in. And then on top of that, a um, another forward. So... I think it'll be a case of where they try to do something maybe clever with the forward area. But yeah, I think if you were to get the likes of a, a Tobibo and a, and a Conor Gallagher, I think anything on top of that would be a, a massive bonus. I, I mean, look, obviously, we feel like we need more. and But January, for every club, I mean, it's not literally not Spurs. Even for, for a club like Manchester City, it's always very difficult. And whatever anyone says, it's going to be tough. So if we can get those two in and maybe some sort of forward that would be amazing. I actually do agree with you. We had this conversation, didn't we, in the WhatsApp group uh, before about Conor Gallagher. I think he's he's got everything you want for Angeball. Absolutely everything. I, I just I just struggle, and I know Jason said this as well. We're, we're on the same page. I just struggle with the fact that, I mean, he's only 23. He's uh, hits English uh, quota as well. But he's a Chelsea captain. He was wearing the armband again yesterday. I think uh, Maurizio's had him Chelsea captain for a while now. Yeah. Uh, yep. Every time Reese James is out, 
They generally don't do business with us. I know it's a change of ownership, but generally they don't do business with us. You have to check me on this, but I think the last time was the um, goalkeeper that broke his hands, was it? Or maybe Gus Poyer? I don't know. It was a long, no, long time ago. Neil, Neil Sullivan. Going back to where Neil Sullivan, I believe. Neil, Neil Sullivan. No, I think, no, I think it was... Um, what was the other guy? Kudachini. 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 I think he was a free, but yeah, you're right. I think it might have been him. Yeah, but he, he, yeah. He, oh, he was on a free, yeah. But look, so, so I think that's going to... I think them sorts of things may be difficult. I think that, that what Jamie, what you said earlier on the WhatsApp group is that I think that it might not be that Connor wants to leave, but it might be that Chelsea want to get rid because ultimately he's a homegrown player. It's pure profit. So against that financial fair play piece, he probably commands what? 50 million, 45, 50 million, sank around that number, maybe even more. Uh, but say it's 50 million, that goes straight to their bottom line with regards to financial fair play. So I think that, that maybe a deal that Chelsea as a club I just can't see the Chelsea captain coming to play for Tottenham. I just, I just can't see it. I mean, Gallas, was he the captain of Chelsea? He came to play he did for captain so... for a period. He captain yeah, for a period. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Because actually, from an attribute perspective, from a, you know, as Christina said earlier, from an Angeball point of view, looking at these players, I mean, he's perfect, isn't he? He's perfect for yeah. Angeball. I, I, I think... I think with Gallagher, I just, I, I personally, I, I do agree with you. Obviously, is you know, we we know that Chelsea don't usually deal with Spurs, but I think it's going to be a case of where I do think Gallagher will get pushed out the door. I don't think there's going to be a great deal of interest with the amount that Chelsea are going to quote for him. But I think that Ange is, I think Ange loves him. I, I think yeah. we we knew that in the summer that he really really likes his player, and yeah. as we all kind of, I think we can all appreciate or. or, or you know, obviously, Leah said it as well. He seems perfect for Ange Paul. So, um, I think yeah. Spurs would be willing to pay a lot of money for him. And Chelsea, I just think that they need this sale. And, and obviously, as we said, you know, with him being that homegrown player, I think, as Lee mentioned, he would he would do a wonder of good for Chelsea to sell him. So, I think he will actually get... I do think he'll get pushed out the door. I don't know necessarily whether he'd want to leave, but I just think he'll, I think he'll get pushed out. I think that'll be the case. And... Uh, yeah, I think that's why I can see him possibly coming to Spurs. I think it's important to add, Robin, Chris, in to discuss Everton, that there is also that situation where he's currently stalling on a new contract, which is why, obviously, this all is connected together. That At the moment, he has not signed a new contract with Chelsea. And given the fact they are going to need to, generally, you have to say, going to get players out the door. We've discussed Chelsea's squad, the size of it. I think Maurizio, as we've seen, wants to work with a squad that is of a capable size. I think, you know, during his time at Tottenham, he liked to work with a fairly trimmed down squad you know he's not one that used to likes to work with a massive squad so look it is one we'll keep an eye on a player that I know for certain Spurs are keen on but what we are going to do we are going to go for our final break of this show take me to a break you're going to hear from Matt from the Blue Room podcast who gives us an Everton perspective on of course the weekend's game a game that I think maybe at the start of the season uh, when Spurs were absolutely on fire would have been met with a bit more trepidation however with Spurs getting back to winning ways over the last couple of games. Um, it is going to be a very difficult game for us, even though we are obviously in, in fantastic form with four wins out of the last four, no goals conceded in the league. And it's um, going to be a tricky task going to going to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, of course. Uh, we are quite stretched at the moment when it comes to player availability. The likes of Decore will be out for the game, it looks like. Uh, we're waiting to see another players, the likes of Michalenko, Ashley Young, Seamus Coleman, are all touch and go for the weekend. Um, so we have seen in the last couple of games quite a few youngsters appear on the bench. And obviously with us playing midweek against Fulham in the League Cup, 
that's had a bit of bearing on things as well. So we're coming in there not particularly fresh. A lot of tired legs, I think, as well. Um, but I think the manager will approach the game in a similar way uh, to what we saw at Burnley, which was probably five at the back and, and be fairly pragmatic in the way we approach things. Obviously, Jordan Pickup will start in goal. If there's no Michalenko, <clears throat> we'll probably see Ben Godfrey go to left-back in the five. Um, <clears throat> if not, it'll be Dwight McNeil on the right, Nathan Patterson, and then three centre-halves will probably be Keane Brantbeaton and James Tarkovsky in the midfield. Amadou Onana, James Garner, and Garner Gay. And then we'll probably see um, Jack Harrison and, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So it, it, it'll be fairly flexible in terms of who goes where in those attacking positions. We we saw, um, we've seen Dwight McNeil play up there in and around the 10. We've seen Harrison play there in and around the striker. And we, we also saw last weekend as well, James Garner playing there alongside, the, well, just behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin nearly. So it's it's a little bit of a little bit of a tricky one, really. Um, it just depends who's available. If obviously Michalenko's available, and then he'll come straight back in at left back. So it's all ifs and buts, really. But I, I do expect these three centre halves to, to to play the game with a couple of wing backs, um, and then obviously our, our as I say our centre mid, and then our couple of lads up front or a number ten, and then Dominic Calvert Lewin. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. But it's going to be as I say a real difficult task just because you know we've had so many games that the squad the squad's thin anyway so it's, it's who's available on the day really uh, but I think you will see us and you've seen us all season from a tactical approach anyway we, we give possession up quite readily we're quite happy for sides to have the ball we will we'll sit in and we'll be rigid and we'll have a, have a structure and we, we'll look to try and counter if we can Obviously, we, we scored the most goals from set pieces as well in the Premier League this season. I think both us and, and Arsenal have scored 10 goals. So we'll look to try and win free kicks, corners, in and around the, obviously in and around the box um, and, and try and try and cause problems from set pieces because we are we are very tall, the tall side in the Premier League. Um, and with Michael Keane now getting a bit of game time, it makes us, makes us even bigger as well. So that's our main threat. Uh, I think we, we just need to stop Spare scoring for as long as we can, really, and I think overall we'll be fairly satisfied if we got got a point. Um, obviously, we want all three, of course, we do. But I think going to spares, as I say, you've got back a little bit of form. Um, I'm sure the feel good factor is there. That spares will be looking for all three points, of course, to try and push push yourself a little bit further up the table and get back to challenging uh, for those those top those top four spots. I think a point will be good for us with obviously Man City on the horizon as well on the 27th. So there's a, there's a lot of games in, in such a short space of time. We'll go for a point. Love to get the win, but we will be fairly satisfied just to come away with, with that one point and hopefully another clean sheet because we, we are defending particularly well. We look particularly solid, but we know the threat of a, of a certain Richarlison. Obviously, he's a, he's a, it's a bit of form as well, which is great, great to see from our perspective as Everton fans. We're, we're all big fans of his and you know, delighted that he's starting to, to score goals. But hopefully on Saturday, it doesn't happen. Uh, we keep him quiet. We keep Son quiet. Kudasevsky keep them all quiet and we come away with some kind of some kind of points hi there this is ross williams from the last word on spurs a few years ago i researched and wrote a book about the huge physical and mental benefits 
of one simple form of exercise. It's called How to Walk Yourself Healthy and Happy, and it's helped thousands of people all over the world. Now, I've created an audio course which helps people maybe like you prevent five serious life-threatening conditions and protect themselves for the future. For example, this form of exercise is the closest thing to a silver bullet for conditions like high blood pressure and high cholesterol levels. If you're over 40, this is the information you need and the simple plan to protect yourself and get results. Risk-free, visit walkyourselfhealthyandhappy.com forward slash audio hyphen course or click the website link in my profile on X. Just on Literally Pirates, they're based next to the Topmaster Stadium. They help local children aged 9 to 12 who are falling behind in school and have fewer opportunities in their personal life. They run an after-school program with pirate-themed spaces to help children develop their reading and writing skills and also their confidence and perseverance so that when they make mistakes or face challenges at school, they can pick themselves up and keep going. They also professionally publish the children's writing so that children have something they can take home and keep to remind themselves on their achievements. They rely on volunteers to work one or two in small groups with the children to help them practice reading and writing, provide encouragement and celebrate the achievements, no matter how small. They are looking for more volunteers as they strive to help even more children improve their literacy, confidence and perseverance. These programmes run 3.45pm to 6.45pm Monday to Friday. Volunteers don't need any experience and full training is provided. You can email them at volunteeringliteracypirates.org and also head over to their website at literacypirates.org where you can read all about the fantastic work they do and sign up to volunteer in person or online from anywhere in the UK. A really good cause, guys. One that, of course, we want to urge you to get behind. Right. There's Macca there. For those that are listening on audio, Macca there proudly showing off his beer passport there, which I'm it sure... Arrived it's today, yeah? It arrived today, just in time for the Christmas period and the weekend of a few beers ready for us to smash Everton into the bottom three. <laughs> well, I tell you what, on that point, Chris, bringing you in, I think Everton, to be fair, look, they've had a remarkable upturn domestically of form. They come into this game against Spurs after crashing out of the Carabao Cup on a penalty defeat to Fulham. But I don't think that will dismiss the feel-good factor they've got right now, Everton, under Sean Dyche. Look, I think we all have to say Sean Dyche teams typically very, very hard to beat. They will come to Tottenham, they will look to frustrate. And Everton come into this game on the back of four wins, four consecutive wins in the Premier League. Difficult, difficult side, I think, Chris. I think many going into this game maybe underestimate Everton. Just how tough do you think, Chris, this game will be on Saturday? I'm so 50-50 about this game, man. I I think it's going to be a, a test for us, for sure. My concern is, of course, we haven't got Basuma on Saturday. We haven't got Destiny. That is going to have a huge, huge effect on us, I think. Um, especially Destiny has been playing absolutely phenomenal um, so far with us this season. It's it's just going to be another loss. I don't know the situation with Johnson, if any of you guys know, but I if he's going to be playing, if he's back. Um, I doubt at the I, moment. I mean, I think the good thing with Johnson is just to come back and do that, Christian, you come back in. Uh, from my understanding, it was deemed that it wasn't concussion, which hopefully means it's a good sign that, given it's not that injury, that fingers crossed, that won't rule him out of the game and he should hopefully play some part if, of course, fit to do so. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, that. I mean, that's that's a good thing, I, I guess, there. But, yeah, I just... I With this game, I, I'm 
I know people could easily say like we should be winning this, but I generally think with everything I've just mentioned, it, it's going to really do have an effect. This will be for me one of the sternest tests that we've had at home. And look, I think we've said, you know, being at home, it's not been easy. I think it's fair to say that, you know, we've had the defeats, of course, as we've seen to the likes of West Ham at home. You know, remind you, of course, Chelsea as well. Uh, Aston Villa, I think this again presents itself another really difficult test for Spurs. Uh, Everton, they're currently 16 in the Premier League table at the moment, 16 points from 17 matches. And we've seen really 12 points for them out of a possible 12 in the Premier League, seven points above the relegation zone. Just how tricky, Jay, do you see this game being with, as Chris said there, no Basuma, no Destiny Adogi, yeah. Pat Matasar going into the game on four yellow cards as well, or booking away from a suspension. You'd imagine Emerson Royale will come in the place of Destiny. Again, not being negative, yeah. but it's such a drop-off in terms of yeah. Destiny's level. How concerned are you, Jay, about the game at the weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I am, um, because Everton come into this in, in unbelievable form. I think they're now... Uh, the third most informed team at the moment. I think they've won four out of the last five matches, which is an incredible stat. I think I even saw they'd be as high as eighth if they hadn't had that 10-point deduction. So it just shows how well they have been doing. Um, I think it could be a very similar game to how uh, the West Ham one went, where you know, you're going to have a team that is going to sit deep and will look to hit us on the counter-attack. And at the moment, they seem to have that quality to, to hit teams and you know, to, to be able to hit teams on the break. You know, they've been scoring lots of goals and um, obviously they did lose, obviously, in the, uh, was it the uh, Carabao Cup? But uh, yeah, I'm sure they're, they're, they're still obviously in the league. They've been in fine form. So um, yeah, obviously losing to Fulham as well. They're now in the semi-finals having... Uh, Don't, get me, buddy. Don't get me buddy started, Joe. Like second round. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be a really tricky game. As I said, I, I see it being a similar game to the West Ham game, and we saw how that game ended up, you know, ended up playing out. A team that we kind of struggled to break down, um, hit us on the counter attack late on. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a tricky one. But look at that. I think the way that the likes of Kulusevski's playing at the moment, Pedro Porro as well. There's more than enough quality in this team, and 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 Vicario as well. So I I, th- I think there's more than enough. As I said more than enough quality. Romero now fully integrated back into the team. I think he was impressive against Nottingham Forest. So look, as much as we can focus on Everton's form, I think there's there's plenty still to be positive about Spurs. I do think Adoji is really really important for us, yeah, and it's totally it's great. quite incredible how important he is considering he's a left back. And obviously. The fullbacks are really important in this system, but I mean, he's just been sensational. Um, and obviously, Lee's a, a massive fan, got me on the back of his shirt. So, yeah, it's, it's gotten to, to not have him on the weekend. But I, as I said, more than enough quality in this team to go and get the job done. But uh, yeah, we're going to have to be, you know, we're going to have to be really active, for, you know, to get the three points in. I think one key thing, obviously, for me to say is that. We know Abdullah Dekore is missing for Everton. No doubt Everton fans will know he has been the star of their season. Really, he's been rejuvenated under Sean Dyche. And it's a big, big miss for Everton. Many will feel he could be the difference between Everton coming away with a victory at Tottenham and not. Lee, I mean, I know you're always positive going into home games. Yeah. And look, Everton, I think I think many say the suggestion here is yes, it's here. Look, it's a low block Everton. They will be difficult to unlock. They've proved to be really, really good on the counter-attack. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, of course, been informed for them as well. But, Lee, how do you see Spurs heading into this? As we've said there, not their full squad available to them. Again, Andrew, we'll have to shuffle the cards. Spurs do have the benefit of not having played 
during the week. Everton, of course, going to penalties. Lee, thoughts on the game for you, Everton at the weekend? Both Christina and, and yourself, to be fair, and, and Jamie have made some really good points around, you know, uh, they're on brilliant form. They've won the last four, but they've never won five in a row in the Premier League. Um, and that isn't going to change at the weekend either. Um, I think the key to, to, to playing Everton at the moment, um, and, and actually Sean Dice side, is um, they're, they're, they're in beast mode. And what I mean by that is they are massive as a side. They are absolutely massive. So <clears throat> what's going to happen on Saturday is they're going to set up with a low block and, and potentially go on counter, but they actually set up slightly different uh, against Burnley where they, they start to push the ball up. I think he played a 4-4-1-1. Or he started with three at the back, but actually came in the middle. So he wasn't quite playing a five. He will definitely play a five against Tottenham Hotspur, 100%. So he's going to low block. But what's actually been happening is if you score early, if you go and have a look at their results, they haven't they haven't conceded a goal in their last four games. So in their four wins, they've scored first and then they've shut that other team out. Now that's what's going to happen on, on, on the weekend if we do not score first. Okay, and it's going to be a really frustrating afternoon. So what we need to do is we don't need to be caging, whatever. We need to start really fast, just like we did against Villa just like we did against West Ham, but with a, and just like we did against Newcastle, essentially, but with a different result in them first two. We have to score. We have to score a goal. Now, once we've scored, I don't think Sean Dyche is going to be as happy like a West Ham to sit in and go, one nil's okay, one nil's okay. But what we need to do, like we did against Newcastle, is we need to get a, a second goal. I, it might sound really obvious, but... This is how you're going to beat these low-block teams. They, they, their worst defeat of the season was away against Aston Villa. They smashed them 4-0. And this is the point. I think it can go either way. They lost uh, to Manchester United at home 3-0. And that was that Garnacho overhead kick he scored in the third minute. So you score early and they have a problem. But they're, they're key. They're, you know, they've got some pacey players. They've got like, um, I think it's Jacob Ramsey. Um, and, you know, he, he he gets down a byline, crosses balls in, that type of stuff. I think we can deal with that. I think Pedro Pio could deal with that. If he was dealing with um, Docker, we can deal with this guy. But I think what's the, what the problem is going to be is Anana, who I really rate. I think somebody said it in the comments earlier. I think he's an excellent player. He's a beast in midfield. But they, they look, they're uh, missing Decore, right? As, as you just said, which is, which is massive for them. So I think, you know, We've got some problems ourselves, and and I do think missing my my boy Destiny is a is a problem, um, and that height is going to be an issue because if we start giving away silly free kicks in and around, they're going to launch that ball in, and I don't care what anyone says. Sean Dyson, he's not like that. No, he is. It's exactly what he's like. I watched their games. I've watched Everton the last four or five games in their wins, and this is how they play. They don't play on the floor, but they get the ball up quick. They transition really quickly and they put the ball. The two goals they scored in their last match were both from set pieces or um, second transitions from set pieces. Do you see what I mean? So the set pieces come in, it's been a knockdown and they've, they've, they've lumped it in there. Um, King got a goal. He always scores against us, by the way. He got a goal the other weekend, but he also scored an own goal last night. And uh, as, as Adrian said, and a few people have been saying in the comments, um, you know, they have played midweek. My thing, and maybe this is heart ruling head, my key thing is um, Richarlison. And this guy is in massive form. He is he is in proper, proper pigeon form. 
And I cannot see him not scoring against his old club. I just, I just can't see it. I actually think he's going to score two. And I don't. I think Son's going to start on the wing. I think Charleston's going down straight down the middle. And I think he's going to have enough to... To be fair to Everton, they've been playing well, even with a with a patched up back three. I mean, Ben Godfrey, who we've actually been linked with, to be fair, eight million, nine million quid or whatever, he hasn't been playing all, all the time. Um, there's another guy as well um, who's come through their academy. Uh, his surname uh, escapes me. Braithwaite. Well. Uh, sorry, so yeah. it well. um, but he, he he's playing pretty well. But again, and, and Tchaikovsky as well. So they do play a back three. And generally, we do miss, uh, we do we do struggle against back three. You look at the Brentford, you look at West Ham, potentially Everton, the Sheffield United. So I think for, for us, we've got to score early. It's a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday before Christmas. It's a must-win game um, for, for us, for all of the home fans. I think the fans will be up for it. I think the players will be up for it. And I do think Richarlison will be up for it. Ricky, can I just add in? With Richarlison, I, it's, do you know what? He's been playing well, but it's only been two games. That's my only fear. It's only been two games. I feel like he's, you know, started to come out a little bit. So I don't want to get too carried away with him. It's just the chances that we create, though, we need to be taking them. I don't want any silly, like, mistakes. That's the thing that I'm scared about is us missing, like, huge chances where, you know, we've created that whole build up and then it's just, a stupid miss. Yeah, that's what I'm really. I fair. We, we've got to yeah. take our chances, one hundred percent. But that's what but I have fear is, with Richarlison. Cortina, <laughs> but you know that might be the case with Richarlison. But when you look back at the stats, Everton, we played them sixty-two times in the history in the Premier League. Right, they've only got four away wins against us. Right, they haven't won in the last five meetings. They haven't won home or away against us. So I'm, I'm probably jinxing it. Like people are going to be battering me. Oh, don't jinx it. But the reality is, you've got to go into these games confident. You really yeah. have. I mean, they're, they're not. Course, they're yeah. not. A top. They've done really well. They've done really well for sure. And actually, without the ten points, as you said, they've been in the top eight and they've done well. And and Sean Dyche has got them playing proper Premier League club. But we we need to work out a way how to beat these low block teams. And and to and for me, I think it's about you, you just said it, Christina, um, taking our chances, scoring early. We can't go and batter him, have six shots on target, and go in at halftime nil nil. We 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 end up struggling in this game. We have to score in the first 10, 15 minutes, put it to bed in the 35th minute, tune it up at half time. Jobs are good. Hmm. Jay, how important do you think Richardson's role will now be in this Spurs team, given the fact we've seen him now scoring back to back games, three in his last four? It's definitely his best run. In a Spurs shirt, will this continue in your opinion? What's your verdict on Richardson? Where we're at? Oh, well, I think I'm the same with Christina. I think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously, it has only been two games. Um, I mean, you could also add that obviously he's just had this surgery as well, and obviously he's played three games, scored three goals, so that's obviously going in the right direction, and, and maybe that has helped him. I think playing through the injuries he has done, I think that will have affected him a lot, and hopefully now he's playing with a lot more confidence in his own body. So. Um, because, you know, when you are playing with an injury, obviously you're, you're having to adapt your game. You're obviously cautious about doing certain movements as well. So it's obviously nice to see him back in this form. But, yeah, I need to see a lot more of it. And, um, look, I, I think the, the problem that we've had, and at least said there against low blocks, I think we've created lots of chances against West Ham. I mean, I, you know, the guys that I was watching it with, we were saying, like, we were playing unbelievable football. And then all of a sudden it just goes completely wrong. Because we were creating so many chances in that first half, we weren't putting them away. And, um, 
yeah, Richie has to kind of step up on the weekend. I think we are going to create lots of chances. Kudasevsky, Sonny, Poro, so many players to create those opportunities. We just need someone to can stick them away. So Richarlison, he is going to play a really important role on the weekend. And uh, hopefully he does step up. But yeah, it's obviously been nice to see that form he's been in since since that surgery. And uh, I hope it does continue. But yeah, I need to see, I need to, do need to see more of that from him. Uh, early. Just to add, look, I mean, I do agree with Christina and Jamie, Rick, on that. I'm not saying that Richarlison's back and he's like the best striker in the world. I just fancy him against his old side. And given the fact that he's scored a couple and he's got some good confidence off the back at surgery, I think he'd do. I, I will say something stupid. It, it won't be my prediction, but it will be saying stupid. Like, I don't think the Newcastle game was the Tonkin. I think Spurs are going to give a team an absolute spanking. I, I really do. And I don't think it was the Newcastle game. So I don't know what I'm really saying. What am I alluding yeah, to? No, you're alluding to it. It could be Everton. I think you summed, up for me, uh, you summed up for me perfectly. I think the fact is, man, we've got to score early. And I do really, really fear at Everton with set pieces. It's, I mean, you guys said it. There's such a big, big side. And don't get me wrong. Decore is a huge, huge miss for Everton. You know, he's their most big important up. player. So that, that's a big, big loss for them. And I think it's worth saying that the Celso will obviously hear from Ange before the game in his pre-match press conference. He was a doubt, of course, the Celso the last couple of weeks, hence why he's not been involved. And Spurs, I think, are going to need that creative lock picker to unlock Everton, who are going to be a tricky, tricky customer. He's definitely fit. fit for them. Is he integrated no. into the team? Back in training, but Delhi not involved in the squad as things stand. Um, I mean, get an amazing ovation, of course, if he does. I think the set pieces, I mean, go and have a look at them. They are monsters in that yes. side. I mean, Anana, I mean, obviously, Takuro missing. He's a monster as well, but he's missing. But Takuro, Anana, Tchaikovsky, uh, I can't remember, uh, pronounce any of these names. I mean, Dominic Calvert-Lewin makes such a difference for them. Such a huge difference. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great, great outlet and Beto as well. Yeah. Really, really but dominant. Beto, he's he's about seven. He, he could be a basketball player, the fella. You know, I'm just thinking. You know, him up against Emerson Royale, Pedro oh Porro, Skip, Pierre Melchoybier in the box. I mean, we we, we could go five nil here against against us uh, just at set pieces. Joe, I think that's the thing with this game. I think there's such a. It could go either way. I think that's why no one's going into it with real, real, you know, confident Spurs are going to really take them to the cleaners. It will be a tricky game. Jay, let's start with you, mate. What are you going to go for prediction-wise for Everton to come? Yeah, I mean, this one, I think it's really tricky because I think if we do win, I think it will be a big win um, because I, I, I just think that's the way that we play. Um, or, you know, if we don't take our chances, I think Everton probably will nick it. But I do, I said, I think we've got more than enough in this team to go out there and get the win. So I'm going to go for a 4-1 win for Spurs. Another 4-1 win. Okay, Jay, thank you so much, mate. Love to have you back on. Mate, we'll see you. January's coming. Jamie's waking yes. back up. Time is coming. Jamie, in. me back in the mix. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris loves you back on. Always a pleasure, Chris. Prediction for Everton. I know you're worried about this one. You know, it's not often you come on in and you're actually quite fearful about an upcoming game. You're not really, really positive. So I think, like I say, that kind of reflects just how tricky this game's going to be. Chris, what are you going to go for? I think it was that pre match I did with Lee on Chelsea. I just. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 the rest, and the rest. And the rest, maybe. Honestly, I feel like that cursed me for life, that did. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be a tough one, I think. Um, I'm going to go for 
a 3-2 to Tottenham. I, I think there's definitely going to be goals from both sides. I think it's going to be like a, a late one uh, at the end. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 3-2. OK, Chris, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. You're back with us next week. Like I say, during this Christmas period, mad, mad period for Tottenham. Games coming thick and fast. Maka, you will be there, of course. I'm going to be there as well. I hope you see you over the weekend there at the Spurs Stadium. I'm going to come oh, back nice. and for the game. But Maka, look, won't be easy. I think you've said it there for us. Could go either way in terms of a result. We're going to go for the weekend. 18-0. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. We need is, that a goal the, is, that, is that just the corner count? Yeah, that's just a corner count against. Look, I mean, I think if we if we play the the way we need to play against Everton, uh, we'll play handball, of course we will, but I think we you know, just need to be careful about them set pieces. I'm gonna go three one. I actually do think it will be kind of a bit bit nervy for a while and it'll be like they're pushing for an equalizer, but then we go up the other end and score and it'll end up being three one. And in the end you'll look at it and you'll just go, Happy days. Yeah. Sean Dyer almost tried to take over your mouth then when you tried to give that prediction. <laughs> He went free and then Shaw Dice tried to come in and take, take his jaw off. So there you go. Never going to happen. What are you going for, Rick? I know you're a confident guy. I know you're, you know, you're not you're not worried at all, mate. What are you going for? Five, six nil? Gonna go for a three two Spurs win. Oh, I think there'll be there will be there team. will be goals in it. I, I I be honest with you guys, I think the key for me is I'm saying three two, but the key for me is Tottenham scoring early. I mean, Everton, to be yeah, fair to them, they've been scoring lots of goals recently uh, and that's from all areas. So it won't be easy. I think, you know, I think Jay said this earlier, we're going to have to be patient, you know, in terms of just trying to play the game rather than anything else in terms of the game itself. Because as you said, they're really strong from set pieces. They're not going to make life easy for us. But I also do agree, whilst I'm saying we're going to be patient, I think the key in this game, as you've said, Lee, is scoring early. So look, we shall see... In, of course, what's going to be a busy, busy Christmas period for Tottenham. Jay, Come thank you so much, mate. We look forward to having you back with us very, very soon. Yeah, no, pleasure to be back on. And uh, again, just nice to be kind of being positive about Spurs because I think mm. the last time I was on, we weren't in, weren't in a particularly nice place, I think, as, as a club. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously going in the right direction. And, you know, despite Everton's good form, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching Spurs. And uh, that's just a nice little change. So, yeah, really good to be back on. Bless you, mate. Looking forward to more. Thank you so much. Jamie Brown, of course, over at the Daily Hotspur. Chris, lots of you back on. Busy, busy. Pretty come up on the last one of Spurs. Look forward to seeing more of you. Thank you so much, Chris, as always. Thank you. And hopefully I'll see you guys on Saturday. Fingers okay. crossed. Yeah, that'd be lovely. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed. All day long. All day come long. On. And uh, I totally agree with MS, by the way. It's, uh, it's on, the, on the screen now. Uh, absolutely. is the best antidote for Spurs fans. What a hero. Yes, I'm here all week. Loving it. And I've been at the stadium as well. Um, on on Saturday, so uh, a bit of Christmas cheer. We're going to the Christmas jumpers. Come on, I think I've got my Gazaniga Christmas jumper somewhere. When I used to think I, I looked like him, I was deluded thinking I looked like Gazaniga because he's like you, lo- you loved you loved it when he was in. You loved it when he was here, wouldn't you? you I, I, I loved it. I used to wear. I wear, used to wear that. People used to come up to me and go, "You look nothing like him." <laughs> ah, I used to be like, "Yeah, I look like Gazaniga with it." Like, no, I absolutely don't. But yeah, no, it'd be it'd be fantastic. Um, let's look, let's a massive Merry Christmas. We've been through it, haven't we? I know there's a oh. lot of uh, uh, fans, you know, other clubs and whatever think they go through it as well. But come on, man! I mean, who, who else has had it? One of their fiercest rivals destroys them four one, 
great four four of their players out of the team essentially, and then we've got to, we've got to recover. We have four points from a possible what eighteen, and yeah. we're still fifth. And if we win on Saturday, we're we're like like three points off the top of the league. It's just yeah. ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So keep the faith, keep the Ange ball, keep loving it, and uh, yeah, see you on the see you on the weekend. Love it. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks to our wonderful watching audience here, all you lovely lot. We're back with you after the game for post-match analysis from the wonderful Jimmy Brown, from the superb Christina Zandis, from the brilliant Lee McQueen. Guys, we've been the last one on Spurs. We will still be wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas over this period. From all of us here, guys, please keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network.